Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Welcome to the special edition of Laugh. Laugh goes to the Oscars. Welcome to today's review of Tom McCarthy's journalist procedural, Spotlight. The film is an engrossing look into how newspapers bring their stories to the page. Using a deft hand, the difficult subject of pedophilia and its effect on every part of the Boston community is uncovered layer by layer and expertly examined. This masterful craftsmanship has earned six Oscar nominations for directing, original screenplay, and supporting acting for Rachel McAdams and Mark Ruffalo. Join us as the Laugh Podcast gets ready to publish their front page review of Spotlight. good stuff yeah over there is mr bull howdy i'm mr lusk and we are back at the oscars this is our last oscar show yeah yeah 131 we're gonna put the spotlight on the movie spotlight what did you think mr two frames of this movie i remember you being quite high on it i i was and probably uh this was the film i was looking forward to watching the least of all the films i generally don't like these journal uh, journalists, procedurals, things, uh, all the king's men, or no, um, all the president's men. Yeah. Uh, those don't really get me going. And I thought, you know, I kind of know this story. What's going to hook me? I, I didn't care about any of the reporters. Uh, there's a conference call about halfway through this film when they find out just how large the scandal could be. That that's what hooked me. That's that's when I went. All right, this this movie has a story to tell, and this is a story I should be finding out more about. So you thought you knew the story? You thought you I knew mean, I, I knew priests were touching boys. But just... I just had never bothered to look a whole lot into it, just because it, it's not really a, a heartwarming story. It's, you know, I, I'd rather turn a blind eye to it. Uh, recently, my students found out that there are apps on their phones that will tell them all the uh, sex offenders that live in their neighborhood. And they had no idea. And then some kids are like, well, there can't be many. I'm like, well, pl- plug in your address. They went, holy crud. Huh. There are dozens that live within you know a mile or two radius wow. of you. It's actually kind of scary. And I thought this film did a similar thing. Well, it can't be many priests. And on this conference call, they find out it's 6% or 90 priests in the Boston area. Right. Quite you know, a few. Yeah, that's a lot. I think that in the in the movie they figured out that yeah, it would be ninety and it turned out to be eighty seven. Yeah. Um that they were able to identify. Right. So who knows? They could have even missed some. Yeah, the the Catholic Church is weird in that regard that these people knew that they were sinning when they were doing the sin, but they were able to absolve themselves of the sin while they were sinning. Yeah, and you know what the name of the bishop was who was in charge of Boston? Yeah. Boston Law. Oh, yeah, yeah. General Herb. So when uh, I was reading Bernard about Law. this, I'm like, wait, Boston Law is this some sort of, like, doctrine? And he resigned? Oh, yeah, his it was the cover-up that's always 
what gets you. Yeah, but two years later, the Pope put him in a position uh, at another yeah, Archbishop yeah. Bishop, like seven or eight years. I think the Catholic Church is the last good old boys network. Maybe. I it's mean, at in, least in that the sense, oldest. In terms of this movie, what other institutions are out there for them to break down? Like, this might be the last kind of movie that would be able to deal with this subject matter unless there's another, even if there is another controversy of like a presidency, like a mm-hmm. scandal in the presidency, it's not going to have the same impact as it would have had without Watergate. When you like, like to everything think- now, every scandal in the presidency is now, it's got gate attached to it at the end. So it's, that's the parrot. I mean, that's the, uh, I don't know, the template. Yeah, I just it, how far reaching this thing was was you know staggering. How many people knew or had hints of this thing and the way it can affect an entire community. I think Boston is still trying to recover from this to a certain extent. Boston and globally Ireland. I mean, we saw that in the movie Calvary. I mean, and there were other even cities in America that were affected by this. This film centers just on at the end of the uh, movie. The title Boston. card comes up and it shows all the different dioceses where this had occurred. And it's it's uh, staggering. Yeah. Um, I but, mean, and personally, I have some problems with the church and you know organized religion, whatever. But I generally like to think of the people in those offices as good people, good and moral people. Right. And always, you know, before this film, I always thought, sure, there are problems, but anytime you have a large enough group of people, there are going to be a couple of bad apples. But six percent being bad apples, it's staggering. Well, they find that almost any group that has that sort of contact with youth mm-hmm. like impressionable youth that percentage comes out at about the same number so boy scouts or teachers yeah teachers a lot of teachers you'd be surprised but usually it's like the, that percentage goes down when or goes up when you're dealing with younger kids mm-hmm. so like youth counselors and other churches and the movie although obviously it's dealing with the catholic church element the movie itself doesn't play that up. I mean, they, there are some visual things that are going on. Like there's always a big church in the background, but they're not really, a, it's not really an attack on Catholicism. Like as it, it could have been like, um, Gibney's documentary on Scientology. Mm-hmm. That was all about how horrifying Scientology was. This is more about the system that allowed the stuff to perpetuate mm-hmm. And it's not just the Catholic Church that's at fault. It's also the government, the police, and, in fact, the newspaper. Like They had access to this information for a number of years prior to this story actually breaking. So mm-hmm. I think that the movie does deal with those issues in an even-handed way. It's not just a, a hit piece, for example. So Oh, oh that yeah, gives I the, mean, they're going after and saying this is a problem in everyone involved is guilty not just the catholic church right and that that gives it more that makes it more powerful yeah when it's not just uh ooh, look at how horrible these priests are and look at how horrible the catholic church is when it's this is the system and these are the players and like i said is there anything else that would qualify for this kind of like this kind of journalism is almost gone mm-hmm well, I mean, we also like to think that in this world of social media and everyone's interconnected, that somehow this story would leak and, you know, other people would like it and forward it so that it, it couldn't get shoved under the rug. Yeah, it wouldn't be able to. And there's too much exposure now. I mean, that's what we think. I mean, the only thing that could be that could 
come as if, you know, some football team was all touching kids or something. I mean, it would have to be, you know, like the but NFL then, is be... involved in child molestation, which, I mean, they... they're not. Please don't come after us, Roger Goodell. <laughs> no, but it's like uh, they tried to do this thing with concussion. Mm-hmm. The, the, that tried to be a controversial movie or whatever. It tried to deal with the same issues. It doesn't do it anywhere to the, I mean, close to the extent that this movie does in terms of being successful. But it's also because there's no there there. There's nothing really there. Like, there's, I guess, I guess my point is, and this is a good thing. NFL teams aren't running around molesting boys. I mean, that's probably molestation is probably the worst thing that you could do. And there's no like organized institution that has this kind of access mm-hmm. that now you that can get away with it. That they have to break it down. So I guess I'm dealing with two issues here. There's the issue of the journalists actually attacking a story of this size, and the fact that there is no size, there is no entity of this size worth taking down anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the molestation, like you said, is interesting. But it's also, uh, it's nice to see journalists being responsible, chasing down all the leads, doing all their research, and then publishing a story, and not having to retract a bunch of, right. you know, false claims that they made. Yeah. That's which, unfortunately, it. doesn't happen too often either. Nope. I um, can't think of anything recently that that, that sort of uh, matches the same sort of intensity of this. When did the break? When did the story break? 2001? 2002, 2001, yeah, something yeah. like that. So we're talking like in the last 15 years, there hasn't been anything of this to this degree. Although most of these uh, reporters are still working. Mm-hmm. And still breaking stories and you know uncovering stuff, but nothing, I think, to this extent. Yeah, do you really have the detective journalist anymore? Not a whole lot, but I mean, they also explain these guys are hoping to publish, what, like four stories a year if they're lucky. Right. Newspapers are floundering, they're cash strapped, they can't afford to have 10, 12 journals, journalists on the payroll mm-hmm. who are barely publishing anything. I think the Boston Globe was bought out by the Chicago Tribune, and this is why the new editor came in, uh, played by uh he's Lee a new Schreiber. Jewish yeah Leah Schreiber plays the the Jewish editor that comes in and begins to say hey this is something that we should be looking at even that movie it mentions that he's Jewish this movie mentions that he's Jewish but it doesn't set the, him up as an adversary de facto of ca- Catholics and Catholicism cuz it could have gone in that route too yeah i mean just as much as uh he's not from Boston he's an outsider yeah. and he's telling all these People, I mean, Michael Keaton knows everyone and anybody inside of Boston who's worth knowing. Right. It's a glad hander. But he's also trying to do good work. I mean, he, he's playing that fine line. I, I think I liked Michael Keaton's role possibly the best. Not Ruffalo. Ruffalo's up for uh, best actor, best supporting actor. R- Ruffalo's good. And I mean, he steals the scenes he's in. But Keaton, he's playing a really interesting guy. And who is, apparently his portrayal is very realistic to how this guy is. The actors were on set for most of the filming of the movie. And um, Ruffalo and so was... were the people they were playing. Oh, the actors were. Yeah. So were the reporters. I meant to say reporters. The reporters were on set for most of the uh, acting. Yeah, whatever. I'm tired. It's been a long day. Um, Ruffalo was tweeting out the experience while it was going on. And he's done a lot of um, interviews with Michael Resendez, 
the act the actor that he played the reporter that he plays in the movie ruffle is sort of an activist anyway mm-hmm. uh i would have liked to seen more of the mcadams character i thought that she was intriguing and they didn't do enough with her yeah and they only hint at stuff that's going on with her and her grandmother who's yeah. a very devout catholic Though in some ways I'm kind of glad that we didn't get bogged down in that, you know, emotional human piece that you always love so much in films. <laughs> yeah, apparently, no. Instead, let's get get on with the plot. Let's, you know, keep advancing the story and seeing what the next step is to getting ready to publish this. I just think that her, I think she's up for, she's, yeah, she's up for, oh crap, no. There are only five Academy, six Academy Award nominations for this movie, and she is up for Best Actress. She, yeah. McAdams is up for Best Actress, but I don't think she's got the inside track on it. Probably Vikander's got the inside track. Uh, Editing, director, best picture, best supporting actor, and original screenplay. That's weird, original screenplay. Yeah. This wasn't based on a book? No, no, I think it's just based on the story, but if it's based on these articles and these journalists, I, I don't know. It all gets very confusing. I could see this winning Best Picture. Really? I, I think a lot of people like it. It's got a good uh, buzz about it. It could. Um, I don't think Rachel McAdams wins for Best Supporting Actress. I do think Ruffalo could win Best Supporting Actor if Sylvester Stallone doesn't get it as a Lifetime Achievement Award. So this will win without... Winning Best Director, you, th- you still think uh, Miller George Miller? Wins. I think George Miller gets it kind of as a lifetime achievement thing. All right. Uh, you know, I think he's one of those. No one's going to be upset if George Miller has an Academy Award. And Spotlight wins Best Best Picture. I I could see Spotlight doing that. And uh, all right. You know, like so, Revenant kind of gets shut out. Oh, except for Best Actor, the major awards. Yeah, I think it gets Best Actor. It may get one or two more technical ones. Like I said, I, I think no one is really running away with anything. If you've been looking at this award season, no one is. You've got, you know, Bid Shorts won a bunch of stuff. Mad Mats has gone stuff. The Martian won for Best Comedy back at the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes, yeah. Uh, you know, The Revenant's been very popular. And then, you know, you've had some wonderful acting performances in the other films that are being recognized, uh, whether it's Room with Brie Larson in Brooklyn. Uh, Domino Leeson won a bunch of awards over in England. Alicia Vikander's been getting a bunch of awards consideration for both the Danish Girl and some stuff even from Ex Machina. Right. And, you know, more of these second and third tier award shows. So, well, this won the SAG Award for Outstanding Performance by a cast in the motion picture, which is often a harbinger of the best picture. So it's not a bad bet if you were going to bet money. What, what's your confidence on this? Confidence on this? winning best picture 40 percent oh wow wow you are hedging 40 percent. i feel like if you let me pick two or three films i would get it (laughs) like like if we were going like if if we were going three chances well i was thinking if we go back and forth and name films like Uh you like you get to pick one for your team i get to pick my team you know if we're doing a a fantasy football (laughs) for the oscars this would be a pretty early pick on me do you want you want to do that right now since this is our last show Sure. I'll and take, we're not doing an actual Oscar show. So I'll take Rev. Revenant. Revenant's yours. All right. I will for and we're doing for best picture. Right. I'll take Mad Max Fury Road. All right. I'll take uh Big Short. All right. I will take Spotlight. I almost took Spotlight away from you. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. I, I thought about it, but uh All right. Now it gets tight. Yeah, because now it really does Martian. <laughs> 
Uh, I'll take room. Then that leaves me. Not only do you get to pick your movie, but you get to pick what movie I get too. Since right. I get what's left. You got Mad Max. You got Spotlight. And I got room. And you got room. You need to choose between Bridge of Spies and Brooklyn. All right. I'm going to give you Bridge of Spies. I'll take Brooklyn. But there's no way either one of those is going to win. No. Okay. I like that. All right. We'll see who wins. We'll also post our uh, Oscar picks on the website. Okay. And you can go there and we'll see. We'll give you the uh, rundown of all of our Oscar picks. Because like uh, Mr. Two Frames over there said, we're not doing an Oscar show overall. But we can still share with you our locks. And uh, I don't know. We're going to put a wager on this. The loser has to watch Bad Grandpa. <laughs> or Ugly Grandpa, or Dirty Grandpa. What was it? I, Bad Grandpa. Are there any films coming out that the other one really doesn't want to watch? And we can we can get one. You're forced to watch this movie card. <sighs> All right. Like I'd gets, almost rather we both don't even have to watch this film, but you get to send the other person. They have to go watch the film. All right. So winner gets a a forced to watch movie card. Is there a better way to say that? You must see a must see card. Yeah, must see. So I could choose whatever movie. It, it's got to be like a block or you know a box office release, wide releases that wide we can release. easily see in the theater around here. Yeah, <laughs> a must see, a must see card. All right, winner gets a must see card, and we're gonna base it only on this best picture thing, or we're gonna do it on. Let's the just whole? do it on the best picture. All right, you feel? Yeah, that's fine. All right, best I picture, like it. So, so good luck. Um, <laughs> All right, so for Mr. Uh, two Frames over there. Howdy. I'm the L-Trade. Box of Ray. There we drag. What do you think of this year's Academy Awards? Let Laugh know your opinion. Email the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweet at thelaughpodcast, or send a message on facebook.com backslash thelaughpodcast. We will read the best comments on a future show. <laughs>